0: Hey everybody, welcome to How to Sell a House in Central PA, an insider's guide to selling a home in the greater Harrisburg area. I'm Derek Bixler, uh, local real estate professional and educator, and on this episode I'm going to be recapping all the video tips from uh, from my video blog. They're about one to two minute clips uh, just answering questions that will help you sell a house. So. I've got about 15 things here, actually it's 14 because one of the videos was just about me and I'm not gonna run through that, you guys can watch that if you want. Um, And also throw out there, if you're listening to this, you can also catch these live uh, on my YouTube channel or on my Facebook business page. Um, On YouTube, I'm usually 360 degrees, so you can look around, see wherever I am. I'm usually just in the conference room here. Um, And on Facebook, I'm usually just using my webcam or whatever it is. But anyway, check me out on there live, or you can listen anytime you want on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, uh, and SoundCloud. Um, And on my website, howtosellahouse.org, or you can go to my real estate website, um, which is really where that will send you anyway. Um, which is client-focused? What is it? Client satisfaction first. dot com. Client satisfaction dot com. So anyway get right into it. Here's the questions. I'm just going to go down the list. The first question is, do you need a lockbox when selling a home? And these aren't in any particular order. One of my questions is, what's my home worth? And I guess I could start on that one, but I'm just going to go in whatever order I happen to copy and paste my questions in here on the sheet. So, um, do you need a lockbox when you're selling a home? Yes, you do. Um Actually, I'm going to come back to that one because I'm going to go get a lockbox um, and show you the combo, how a combo one works, and how a CPML box works. So there's a, I'm going to come back to that one. Um, so the next one on here is, what is seller assistance or seller help, and why should home sellers consider it? Again, it's what is seller assistance or seller help, and why should home sellers consider it? Um, so basically, seller help is, let's imagine it costs say, $10,000 to buy a $100,000 house. And a home buyer only has $5,000, but they still want to buy a house. So a way that they can make up that other $5,000 is asking the seller uh, for $5,000 seller assist or seller help or um, that's usually what it's called there. Um, I think it's called seller assistance in the sales agreement. I could be wrong, but... Um, Anyway, so essentially the seller is just giving them back $5,000 at the settlement table on paper uh, to help them cover their closing costs. So to a seller, an offer of $100,000 with $5,000 seller help is really a net offer of $95,000 to the seller. So um, if I was the seller and I was looking at Two offers, the purchase price is the same. One has seller help, one doesn't. Obviously, the one that doesn't have seller help is better. Um, And these days in the lower price ranges, you kind of have to be open to dealing with that. Again, you're just looking at the net number. So that's all you really need to worry about. Some people, you know, I don't want to give money. I didn't take money to buy my house. Um, But some people need money and tons of people are using seller help these days. So it's just something you got to deal with especially in the lower price ranges Um, so just be able to to deal with that and at least consider it and again you're just looking at the net number what are you taking home at the end Um, and in some cases that might be the only buyers you're getting are people with that need seller assistance or seller help so you're going to have to do it one way or another so anyway um, as seller assistance or seller help Uh, Next one on my list here is open all blinds and window treatments as much as possible when selling a home. So this one is super important. Um, Some people like to, let's say you live in a house and there's a house directly behind you. There's something ugly behind you, a power line or or whatever it may be. Um, Some people like to close the blinds, block that. I don't want people to see that. I don't care what's out there. I want everything open as much as possible. I want as much light coming in. I don't care what's out there because if you're hiding it, they're just going to walk in. They're going to say, oh, this room, this house is dark. It's really dark. Then they're going to say, well, you can open the windows and they'll open the windows and say, oh, well, you can't do that. It's an ugly thing out here Um, versus if you open everything up, then they walk in, wow, this is bright, airy, and everything. Oh, there's something ugly kind of out there. Eh, we can. We never have the blinds open anyway. It doesn't matter. But the first impression is bright and airy, and they can deal with whatever is out those windows. So I would just literally open every single blind and window treatment. If you have lots of blinds and window treatments and valances and all that gobbledygook, get rid of that stuff. Um, open up as much as possible. Uh, try to check these off as I go so I can remember which ones I've done seller help lockbox I'm going to come back to open all blinds and window treatments should you do an open house when selling a home Um, yeah I think you should Um, when you're talking from an agent's perspective it's a great time to get in front of buyers and sell the home Um, you get to let's say you listed the house and you're not doing for sale by owner you want to do an open house and i i like to do them right away i like to list a house on thursday friday maybe even saturday then i do an open house that first sunday <clears throat> what that does is when people go on zillow or realtor.com or Trulia or wherever they're going and they click to look at a house they're not getting sent to me they're getting sent to whoever paid for that zip code or paid for the premium whatever and I don't pay for that stuff. I like to work more on referrals and people I know and, and that kind of thing. So, and, and not that that is a bad way to get leads. Plenty of people do that and it's a great way. Um, but that's what it does. So you're, they're gonna end up being sent to an agent who doesn't really care about that house. They, they just wanna sell them any house, especially since it's not their listing. So I like to get in front of the people before they get in front of another agent. Now most people are going to buy with a buyer's agent Either way, um, they're not going to buy straight through the listing agent. But I like to do the open house right away. And if you do it super close to first going on the market, people are more apt to just say, oh, there's an open house on Sunday. We'll just go to that rather than clicking the button to go see it um, and getting sent to uh, any Joe Schmo realtor um, that gets the lead. So. In that instance, I get to talk to all these people at the open house. Number one, it gets tons of traffic at the open house. Everybody wants to see it, and especially right now, there's nothing for sale, so everybody's going to come see it. Um, so they see other people interested in the house. It sparks more interest in people. And I'm there as the realtor, or if you're a for sale by owner, you can be there as the for sale by owner talking the house up and, and giving them the features and the benefits and all the good things about the house. Um, And you can sell it a little bit. Now again, most times what happens is I do this, it goes on the, I usually do it on Friday. And then Sunday I get a flood of traffic at the open house. Now the person that buys the house is probably at that open house these days, lately, the way it's been going with my strategies. Um, But they're not just saying to me after the open house, can I, let me buy this house, let's, where's the paperwork, let's sign it now. They're going back. They're thinking about it a little bit. They're then going to call their agent. Maybe they already have one or they're going to find one. They go find an agent or use theirs. They talk to them. They say, hey, I I like this house. And then you'll see a a showing request pop up. They'll probably go see the house with that agent. So that agent can weigh in and give opinions and things. Um, And then they'll go back and they'll write the offer and, and sell the house. And yeah, and buy the house and put an offer in. Um, So open houses are crucial to, number one, get traffic and be able to talk the house up yourself um, to show competition so everybody sees other people there interested in the house because uh, on private showings, they're usually just private showings. You don't see anyone else there. Um, So I would definitely do an open house. And if you're an agent and you're not doing an open house, that's just ridiculous because it's a great place. Our, Our whole game is getting in front of people and talking to them face to face. That's the whole game. Um, not game, it's the whole goal uh, to get new clients so to not do open houses is, is just dumb in my opinion so anyway, that's enough on open houses I think um, I should stop talking so fast and take a little break here um, let me see if anybody's watching Jimmy Corey's watching, Justin Prince what up, uh, Elaine hello, gotta see you babies soon again um, And YouTube, I can't tell, nobody's watching on there. I didn't expect anything. If any of you want to check out the YouTube 360 link and let me know what you think, if it works, um, I can't see any of that stuff. Um, So anyway, next question. Uh, Why should home sellers care what type of financing their buyer is getting? Why should home sellers care what type of financing their buyer is getting? Um, Mostly, Comes into play. Well, there are maximums for the type of loan somebody's getting and the um, and the amount they can pay for a house. Um, so obviously, if somebody's getting a loan that can only do a max up to say four hundred thousand, and they want to buy a five hundred thousand dollar house, that might be an issue. Um, but it more what comes to mind for me is if you're selling a a house, a, a beater, something beat up a little bit, um, needs some work. There are certain like FHA loans and VA loans and USDA loans, um, FHA and VA particularly, when the appraiser for those kinds of loans come through, they are looking for certain things, somewhat code inspection ish issues, but it's not. This is not the inspector, and it's not a codes guy. It's an appraiser who is taught to look for certain things like, like peeling lead paint. Or stairs without railings, um, holes in roofs, uh, spouting not working, uh, mostly habitability and danger issues uh, because those loans are, are government related. Um, So if you're selling a house that needs a ton of work, you know nothing works. There are problems everywhere. It has asbestos. It has lead paint chipping. And you're not going to fix any of these things because if you do that type of loan and they find things wrong, you must fix the things for the loan to happen. Um, So if you're you're selling a house that's a beater, you might want to say, We're not accepting VA offers or FHA offers or whatever the case may be, or you at least have to be willing, you know, if you get an offer on FHA or or VA or something like that that's going to require some things, you got to be ready to fix them um, or hope the buyer maybe will be willing to fix them because they'll have to be fixed for the loan to happen. So that's enough on that. Uh, Next question, nobody else knew on live and I should stop bumping the table with my chair. Um, all right. Uh, the age old question. All right. Here's the question I probably should have done first, but these were in no particular order. The age old question, what's my home worth? What's your home worth? Um, pretty straightforward. If I'm doing, if you ask me what your home is worth, I am going to go into our multi list. I am going to pull up your neighborhood. First, we're going to start really tight with the location and really tight with the time period and really tight with uh, the type of house because we wanted everything to be as similar as possible. So if you have a ranch house in, say, Kim Acres in Mechanicsburg um, with three bedrooms, one and a half baths, I'm going to look for other ranch homes. I can't remember everything I just said. I'm going to look for that same exact thing within Kim Acres within, I start at three months, and if I can find three or so, Amy, Amy, join in on Facebook. If I can find three or so comps within that, within the neighborhood, the specific neighborhood within three months and within the exact criteria of the house with central air, one car garage, everything exact, that's great. I stop at that three or four, that's as good as I can get. And these are sold, so homes that have actually sold and settled. and there are places to find off market ones, ones that have sold and settled off of the multi list as well. Uh, but I want to get into all that. So basically, you want to find houses that are the most exact as possible. If you can't find something, say, within Kim Acres exact, maybe I'll go into the you know, Allen View and some of the neighboring, uh, not winding hills, because that's going to be of a newer age and style home but we're gonna start expanding a little bit and then if you can't find anything maybe you go out to six months and then if you still can't find anything maybe you go out to all of Mechanicsburg school district um... so you you start small and you go bigger and before actually Mechanicsburg school district I'd go out to Upper Allen then I would go out to all of Mechanicsburg um... but so determining what your home is worth it really comes down to what are the comparable houses selling for and if you gold-plated your kitchen and the house next to you is the exact same, but they didn't gold plate their kitchen, it doesn't matter. It's not worth more, an appraiser doesn't care. When an appraiser comes through your house, they're pretty much just making sure, you know is it in general good, fair, average, great condition? Um, they're not saying, oh, they put granite countertops, that's 2,000, oh, they put a fence up, that's 5,000, oh, they put a pool in, pools don't, aren't, aren't worth anything. So don't think that you did a bunch of stuff that your house is gonna be worth more than the same exact house. Um, unless the, the, unless yours is all brand new, new kitchen, all the major things. And the other one is, you know, old kitchen, uh, old bathrooms, nothing ever redone. Then yours is going to be worth more. But in general, if it's the general same condition, it's going to be worth the same. Um, so that's enough on what's my home worth. Uh, do you, next question, do you really need to clean up and declutter as much as people say? Yes. That's all I really need to say is yes. Um, Yeah, it's disgusting. Nobody else wants to see your stuff. Um, You think your house, that goes into smell too. You think your house doesn't smell, it does. Um, Maybe not bad, but even air fresheners and things turn people off, so as far as clutter and cleaning up, Declutter the place as much as possible. Um, pack up like you're moving because you you intend to. So pack up. Um, think of it as a hotel. You want people to come in and envision themselves there. Not a lot of pictures, not a lot of knickknacks. Um, you know, some people need to, every end table, every speaker, everything has a thing on it. Take all that stuff away. Literally go through, you guys can't see me now on the audio and everybody watching other than Elaine is in the real estate industry. So they already get it, but literally take your arm and get rid of all that crap. Get rid of it. All of it, everything down. If there's tons of stuff on the walls, get them down. Um, So declutter as much as possible. I can't stress that enough before you even thinking about painting and that's a lot or cleaning carpets and all that declutter, 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 pack up, pack up, pack up. Um, and deep clean, too. Um, And you can fill up a garage, you can fill up the closets, you can fill up the basement if it's unfinished. I don't care what you fill up, just get it out of the house in boxes or out of there, whatever you need to do. Um, At the very least, we get as much stuff out as possible for pictures, so I can market it correctly, or you can market it correctly, you should if you're selling it by owner. Um, And then some of the stuff you can put back if you need to live with it in place. So that's enough on decluttering. When you think you decluttered enough, declutter again. Put stuff away. Um, all right, about halfway through here. Next question, do you, have, do you have to fix everything found during the home inspection? Do you have to fix everything found during a home inspection? Um, no, of course you don't. That's another negotiation. Typically, you get under contract, somebody makes an offer, they say, I'm going to buy it for X price, I'm going to do X inspections, and I have this many days to do said inspections. You, typically, it's going to be a general inspection, which is the comprehensive, stick something in every outlet, look at the roof, um, test all the the plumbing, all that kind of stuff, really thick uh, summary report that the buyers get back. And then there's also a wood-destroying insect inspection that buyers usually do and a radon test that most people do, especially here in PA. So most people are gonna do those three inspections and they are going to do, the default in the sales agreement is 10 days to do those inspections. Meaning from the date of full execution, the last person signing the purchase agreement, there are 10 days, that's when the clock starts ticking. there are 10 days for that buyer to perform their inspections, get all their reports back, review all the reports, and send a document. There's a document that us realtors use called a reply to inspections that we say we did send inspections, um, and we accept the property as is, or we want money off the price, or we want more seller help. You know what seller help is now that I've gone over that. Uh, Or we want you to fix these things, install radon mitigation system, fix the electric box, uh, whatever. So as a seller, when you get that quote-unquote reply to inspections back from uh from the buyer you're going to look at that and you're going to say yeah I'll do that yeah I'll do that no I won't do that sometimes that will be based on whether you agree with something needs to be fixed or it'll be based on the cost I just simply don't have the money to fix that or you don't want to spend the money on that or you know it, you knew that was wrong before you put the offer in so um well definitely with that I would refuse if there's a hole in the roof somebody makes an offer and does an inspection and then says, there's a hole in the roof. I want a new roof. Well, no, you saw the hole when you made the offer. It's in the disclosure, especially if it's in the disclosure. Um, so you, you can't, I would refuse that all day long. But yes, you can, uh, you can refuse things that people ask for during home inspections. Things like um, radon and maybe there are, there are certain electrical panels that are discontinued now that must be replaced. Some of those things you just got to do because every single buyer is going to ask for those things and they're going to do the same tests. And and not only that, once somebody, once you as a seller know something is wrong with the house, whether it's radon or a leak or or whatever, you have to tell every single buyer from now on about it. So you pretty much have to fix it anyway, even if the deal you're doing right now falls apart. You say, I'm not going to fix all these things. It falls apart. Well, guess what? Now you have to tell the next people all these things that you know are wrong with it in addition to all the things that you already knew were wrong with it. Um, And then they're going to say, why didn't you fix these things? They're going to think you're crazy and you're you're not a good seller. Um, So, just keep that in mind when you're going through home inspections. I think that's enough on that. Uh, Let's see. Then there was an episode I did on location at an open house. I had seen there was... There were windows they were all wide open wide open blinds bright and airy like i like to see it um, but there was one blind in a bathroom that was closed and i'm wondering why is this one closed so i open it and there is fog between the window panes which typically means uh, a broken seal a window and it needs replaced or at least people need to know that it's the seal is broken and that's something an inspector looks for but if conditions are not right Um, people might not see that during an inspection. So anyway, so I saw it. And since everything was open except for that window, it appears that the people are trying to hide it. Um, And maybe not trying to hide it forever from the sellers. I like to give people the benefit of the doubt. Maybe just trying to mitigate the impact of seeing said problem with a window. Um, So I immediately Cause I go through the house and I open all the blinds and turn all the lights on and everything before an open house starts. I immediately opened it as far as possible, and I don't care if people see it. I'd rather they see it now. I'd rather tell people about it. I'd even go ahead and fix it. It was a little window, a few hundred bucks maybe, um, or at least tell people about it. Y- you know, you don't want any surprises. That's the last thing you want are surprises with a buyer. Um, so I would any known issues you got to disclose them. There's a whole form, a seller's disclosure form, that us realtors use that helps sellers disclose things that may be wrong with the house also just tells buyers things they need to know about the house general information um and if you're for sale by ownering, you can probably google and find one of these uh somewhere or i mean you can reach out to me i'd be happy to send you one send you a link to access a, a general one to use Hey everyone, we're always on the lookout for good content for the podcast and our website. If you have any ideas for guests, any questions we can answer, or any ideas for topics, please go to howtosellahouse.org. That's howtosellahouse.org and drop us a message there. Or you can find us on our Facebook page. Thanks in advance for your input. It's much appreciated. Uh, What's the deal with radon? What is the deal with radon? You can Google it. It's uh, from my limited knowledge, and I'm probably going to butcher this, and it could be completely wrong. Uh, but basically, it's a radioactive gas that comes out of the ground from, I think, shale or some kind of rocks that are in our ground as they decompose or whatever they do. I don't know the science. Somehow, this gas comes up. Um, so it is under all of a lot of Pennsylvania and, and surrounding states and in other areas of the country, too, I'm sure. Um so this, this gas comes up through the, the ground and mostly is, is typically worse in basements, I would think, um, especially if there are holes and things like sump pump pits that are open and other things like that. Um, again, don't quote me on this stuff. <laughs> Go Google it. Uh, but basically, this is gas that comes up. It's been shown to cause cancer uh, and, and maybe other respiratory issues, uh, I believe. Sorry, I have to take a drink there. Um, so it, it has been shown to be harmful, uh, especially younger kids or if you 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 know if you had a living room in a basement with high concentrations of radon and you're living there for 20 years and breathing and sleeping and everything down there, I think it, it might be an issue. Some people would say eating at McDonald's is worse than living in a house with radon, and I might even be one of those people. Uh, but that doesn't mean that radon is okay. And especially, especially, especially somebody with kids, they don't want radon in their house. So if somebody tests for radon, which 90% of home buyers are going to do, uh, well, maybe not, no, I'm gonna take that back because right now it's a little competitive. So home buyers are sometimes skipping some of the inspections in order to win a home that they want. Um, But typically people wanna know the radon level, especially if they have children or they're thinking about resale down the road or, or whatever the case may be, or if they're renting it out, if it's an investment, they want to know because they don't want to put a family in there. Um, and then maybe the family find out on their own that there's a high radon level. And now you as the landlord, I don't, I don't know what the liabilities are there, but I have renters and I would feel better if they were taken care of, especially with safety issues. So anyway, the deal with radon is if it tests above a certain level, um, parts per something is the level. If it comes back even 4.1, and I'm the buyer's agent, I'm asking for a mitigation system. Um, And that level can go up and down throughout the year, depending on pressure level, depending on airflow, depending on the house open and closed, uh, depending on habitability, not habitability, whether people have been inhabiting it, uh, coming in and out and using it and aerating it and everything. So there are a lot of factors that go into it um, and it can fluctuate. But if somebody tests it and it comes up high and you're the seller, you either have to fix it or you have to tell everybody from here on out about it, and which pretty means you're going to have to fix it. Um, and it typically costs around eight, 800 to 1,000 bucks right in that range, closer to the 800 if it's an easy, an easy, uh, installation. And it's pretty much, they drill a hole in your concrete floor, hopefully concrete floor in your basement. They put a tube that sticks up outside and a fan blows the air outside. So it's literally just blowing the air outside, hopefully the radon air outside. So that's what that is usually costs around 900 bucks. Um, Unless you have a really large house or a basement that's chopped up into sections a lot, and then you may have to have a couple of suction points. In our house, we had to have two suction points to make sure that we sucked the air out right. So, and even that was still, you know, on the high side, I think it was 1000 or maybe 1100 bucks, And they do it in a couple hours. It's not that bad anymore. It used to cost thousands. So um, that's not too bad. Uh, can I leave my holiday decorations... Oh, no, I think my YouTube broadcast stopped. Hold one second while I try to get that going. Even absolutely nobody, oh, my phone died. All right, well, that's ended. Got to plug it in next time. I plugged in the the 360 cam, but not my phone. Uh, Next tip, okay. Can I leave my holiday decorations up while I'm selling? Can I leave my holiday decorations up while I'm selling? I think this tip I had, that was about around uh, Thanksgiving and I was driving home and a bunch of people, or no, it was, it was like Christmas and there was still Thanksgiving stuff or maybe it was January or February and there was still Christmas stuff. I don't know. Anyway, um, I don't care if it's during the season and it's Christmas day and somebody's coming to look at the house. I, I mean, maybe that's okay, but in general, get all the holiday decorations around the same Thing applies here as applies to my, the decluttering uh, question that we went over. Get it all away. Nobody, you know, maybe they're Jewish and they don't celebrate Christmas. Maybe they don't like Halloween. Maybe they just got a divorce and they hate Valentine's Day. I don't, and it just clutters things up and, and people have different tastes. And typically um, holiday decorations tend to be a bit tacky and, and just cluttersome. Um, I don't know if that's a word. Hashtag cluttersome. Um, so I would get rid of all decorations even if it's during the season. You can do one year without having all your decorations up um, unless you're really good at decorating and it's really nice. Uh, maybe do some but definitely no yard stuff. Nothing in the yard for pictures. Uh, that That's probably a big one. I should, exterior. Exterior. Definitely none of that blow up. Garbage and none of that kind of stuff. Um, so that's enough on holiday decorations. How important is signage when selling a home? How important is signage when selling a home? Um, somewhat important, I think. A sign shows pride. How much pride the either either listing agent or seller takes in their house. It's a it's a first impression and. Just like people say with first impressions, you can't make another one. So if somebody drives past your home for sale and the the sign is a Sharpie on cardboard taped to the the power pole, um, the telephone pole, power pole, to the telephone pole with the phone number scribbled on there that you can barely read, they're not going to think too much of you as the seller or the house you're trying to sell. You probably don't maintain it right. There are probably things wrong with it. Um, And those things. So I would at least, if you're for sale by owner, at least go get, order the best sign you can find off of Amazon. It's probably 20, 50 bucks. Just go at least get the top of the line for sale by owner sign. You could even go to signs by tomorrow or fast signs or any of those places um, and just get a quick stick in the ground post sign. And I don't mean the full post sign like realtors have, um, but these little, you know, just, it's a two by three kind of corrugated plastic you can get anything you want printed on it it costs you about maybe 40 bucks 30 40 bucks for i'd get a couple of them might as well could have put a couple of them you could put a directional sign at the corner Uh, i would definitely do that because if you're for sale by owner it's going to be on a lot less websites a lot less places than it will be if you listed it so signage is maybe even more important um so You need people. People aren't driving around as much. They're looking for houses. They're online looking for houses, so they're not going to drive past your house if you're tucked back in a neighborhood. So there need to be for sale, house for sale signs with arrows pointing, you know, at least at the entrances to your neighborhood, and then at each corner pointing back, directing people back to the house. Um, It'll definitely get you more traffic and get you more looks. Again, people are looking online, not driving around these days, so the signage, is most important, You know, if you're on a busy road, that's great. You can just stick your main sign up, but if you're tucked back somewhere, please, please get some directionals and get people back there. And if you're an agent, it's just a, another chance to get your name out there some more too. Um, so it's a no brainer. And you know, we're working for our sellers as agents, so we wanna get them as much traffic as possible. My MO is always slather the place with signs. I don't care if a couple disappear or fall over or go missing. Um, I want signs everywhere because I want every single person to know about that house for sale. Um, And that starts online and then next with the signs. Um, And then, all right, that's enough with signs. Get a good sign so people think you take care of your house is the the main thing. Um, Now, what if you sell your house and have nowhere to go? Again, what if you sell your house and have nowhere to go? Uh, You deal with it. I don't <laughs> – perfect world most with my clients, perfect world if you're selling a house and buying a house, I try to do it on the s- same day um, unless you have some easy transition or storage space or some place to go. Or, I mean, if you can buy the, the next house without selling the previous house obviously that's great and you can carry it. And if you're confident, you're going to sell it and can do that. That's great. And that's even better for us as agents and for you as a seller. If the house is vacant, maybe staged nicely, um, makes it easy for showing, people can show it right away. Um, Now I forgot what I was doing. What if you sell your house? Okay. Yeah. If you're out of it, um, that's great. But if you need to sell that house in order to qualify for your loan to buy the next house, or you just, don't want to take on the new house until you've sold the the old house Uh, what would typically do is you get your house on the market you're looking at houses here in the meantime Um, as the second you get your house under contract you get a new house under contract hopefully there's something you like um, and you try to make the settlement date the same for each you settle on your old house in the morning on settlement day you settle on your new house right after that and then you go move into the new house and you're out of the previous house probably the night before so the new buyers can do their pre-settlement walkthrough and everything before settlement. So um, if all goes perfectly you settle on the same day you move out you move in all is great you pay the movers once maybe for an extra day from the night to the next day Um, but if you have nowhere to go you kind of got to deal with it because a bird in hand kind of thing. If you have a buyer, a ready and willing buyer at a price you like and terms you're okay with, other than you have nowhere to go, first priority for me is always selling the house, unless there are extenuating circumstances. Um, we want to sell the house. We don't want to start all over. We don't want to say no to buyers. We're on the market. Let's sell the house. Uh, if you have to find some place to live or rent for a little while, there are. Temporary rentals around Triple Crown Corp. I feel like is one. They got some townhouses in Bent Creek um, that that they do on short-term rentals. There are some other places you can go. Um, The shorter the term, the more expensive, obviously. But paying half again as much, maybe even double if it's on a month-to-month basis to rent something while you're trying to find the new thing is not the end of the world. I'd rather pay a little bit of money to take my time to find the house that I want than to rush into a home that I'm not too crazy about just because I gotta get out of my old house and I gotta get something and blah, blah, blah. So um, if you have nowhere to go and you're selling your house, still sell your house, we'll figure it out. If you have an agent, we've got all kinds of resources and we can be very motivational um, and facilitate the whole thing and hopefully make it not too bad um, and you can find somewhere to stay. Uh, All right, and last one on my list here is replace batteries in smoke detectors and mitigate minor annoyances. This was probably me at an open house with a uh, smoke detector that was beeping, and with those things, you guys all know that you can never tell which one it is. So as a good realtor and knowing that these things happen, I've got one, only had one, I should keep more, I guess. I had one nine volt battery in my briefcase. So I went to the smoke detector that I thought was the culprit and I replaced the battery and turns out that was not the one. So I think I went through three or four um, before I just gave up and there was one that was up high in an entrance way that I, I think maybe have been it and makes sense because it would echo throughout the whole house um, and throw its voice, so to speak. Um, but it was, and it was driving me crazy the entire time. Buyers were coming in. They were commenting. If somebody was showing the house privately, it's going to be beeping at them the entire time, annoying them, um, and you don't want anything chasing people out of the house or, or annoying people. Um, same with smells and scents. Same with um, decorations, like I said. Anything that would turn people off, get it out of there, make it as perfect as it can possibly be, um, obviously, nothing can be perfect, but put some effort in and, and act like your house is a, is a car. If you were selling your car, you wouldn't just leave all your McDonald's bags in there and not dust off the, the dash and leave your kids throw up in the seat still in the back seat. You would clean it up. You'd vacuum it out. You'd wash it. You'd wax it. You'd make it look as perfect as possible. Um, it's still a resale car. There's still going to be imperfections, but you make it look as good as it can. And you should do the same with your house because you will eventually get more money. If you put the effort in, you will get more money. So that's the whole point of this podcast. And the whole point of all these tips is hopefully home sellers in central PA get more money for their houses. If you just take a little bit of time and a little bit of effort, um, you can definitely get more money for your house and now i'm remembering that i skipped my question do you need a lockbox when selling a home i was going to go get a lockbox but this is a podcast and you can go watch the video tip to actually see the demonstration anyway so i'll just tell you do you need a lockbox whether it's for sale by owner or for listing yes you do need a lockbox Um, if you feel uncomfortable with people going through your house with you not there sorry, but get get over it. It has to happen. People don't want you there when they're looking at your house. Uh, They want to be able to speak freely amongst themselves uh, with their realtor. Um, They want to be able to hang out and not feel like they're being watched. Uh, Even if you're there and you say, hey, I'm just going to be out in the backyard or I'm just going to be sitting in here watching TV. I won't bother you. You're still there. They can still feel your presence Um, people will have to whisper it's, it's just, and and it's, again, it's going to chase them out of the house. It's one of those minor annoyances. And and in my opinion, a huge annoyance, um, the seller, you, you really should not be there when people are looking at the house. Now, if you're a for sale by owner, maybe you need to be there to at some capacity, but you should really be like out in the car, not even outside, not even somewhere where you can see the house and you can lock it up right afterwards and you can follow up with them when they walk out, but you don't wanna be anywhere even within earshot. Meet them there, tell them something about the house, maybe give them a flyer, let them have at it. And as far as stealing things, getting into things, put your medications away, Put your, anything that you think people would steal, put it away. That's part of the decluttering and the staging and getting ready for selling a house. Um, Just have to keep in mind that people will be walking through the house without you because that's the best place, the best way to show the house. Um, So you just need to mitigate anything that could happen with people. And if you're listing with an agent, that's the good thing. One of the good things about when you're with an agent, everybody coming to see the house is either going to be with Your listing agent or with another agent. And we're not gonna work with people that number one can't buy a house. I'm not gonna show houses to people that don't have the capacity to buy a house, um, can't get a loan, all that kind of stuff. So, first of all, you know that they're vetted and you know that they can buy a house, and you know that someone with a real estate license, someone that is registered with the state, someone that uh, everybody knows the whereabouts of, someone that is vetted is also with these buyers so you can trust that they're going to be okay in your house. So that's, that's one of the big reasons that people choose to list with an agent is because of all just the headaches of dealing with people and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but even if you're for sale by owner, have some kind of system where people can look at your house uh, without you there. Now, if you're meeting them there, that's great. If it's vacant and you don't even need to be there, put a lockbox on it. As agents, we have a lockbox I guess I should get into what lock boxes actually are. Um, a lock box is a little thing. Usually we hang it right on the doorknob on the front door. Um, I usually actually just set them down or hang them somewhere else because they can mess up the doors after used a while. Um, so you can either have a combo box, which is punch in the code or dial the code or whatever the code is. You put the code in, open it up, the key is in there, and then they use the key to go into the house, and then they put the key back in the lockbox when they leave. Um, or you can have a, uh, we have a Bluetooth. Bluetooth electronic e-keys now that uh, we've got a thing on our phone, an app that talks to the thing. We walk up to it. The app talks to the lockbox. The lockbox pops open. The key drops out the bottom. Um, In that case, that's going to be a realtor-only thing. Um, Well, actually, I think now that changed, I think regular people could get those, but they're expensive and you'd have to pay for them. And I actually prefer combo boxes now. Um, The Bluetooth boxes track people that have been in and out, they bug them for feedback, sometimes they do certain things um, so some people feel they're more secure, but the battery can die in those things. Maybe they don't have a signal, maybe your phone app is messed up, maybe there are all kinds of things that can and do go wrong with those, um, but a lockbox with a combo is pretty much foolproof as long as you have the combo and no one has shoved too many keys and shoved the thing closed um, so that it's now wedged and, and all messed up. So I like combo boxes now. Uh, Plus you can give, for the reason you can give it to non-realtors or out of area realtors who don't have access to our local Bluetooth boxes. So with a, a combo box... You can give that combo to anybody, and you could also use it for the inspector, for the appraiser. appraiser. Um, If you have a cleaning lady, you could use it for that. If you have a repair person coming in uh, to do some work after inspections, they can use that. It just saves you a lot of time and gives people easy access to the property. And number one, it allows people to look at the house without you being there. I know you want to be, but you can't be. Um, so that's lock boxes. You got two choices if you're with a realtor, a uh, Bluetooth box or a combo box. I prefer the combo box. Sometimes I do both, um, or if someone prefers one or the other, I'll do whatever. I've got them all. Um, if you're for sale by owner, just go get yourself a combo box and use it as needed. Um, And I think that's all the tips. That's 1 through 15. I think I I skipped the about me because I'm not going to run through who I am. You can check me out on Facebook and everywhere. Um, Check out more tips and strategies at howtosellahouse.org. That's howtosellahouse.org. Or you can go to my website, clientsatisfactionfirst.com. You can find all my social media links on there. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Uh, YouTube. If you were watching on YouTube, sorry, that cut out halfway through. I got to charge my stuff more next time. Um, So follow me, watch the lives. I'll try to give a heads up next time I go live. This time was early in the morning when I had some time, um, but next time I'll try to do it ahead of time, give some warning so more people can watch. Um, So, and again, find me on iTunes and Stitcher and all that. That's all new. So please go check me out there, subscribe, and thanks for listening. See ya. Thanks for listening. We hope you got some good, actionable information out of the show that you can go use today to sell your home for the most money possible. More tips and strategies at howtosellahouse.org. That's howtosellahouse.org. If you have any questions or ideas for guests or topics, you can message us on Facebook or, again, find us at howtosellahouse.org. Thanks again for listening and have an awesome day.